Welcome to the Out of the Deep End podcast. Today's show is the last in a series about resiliency and how personal trauma can lead to self-growth. I am Dr. J.C. Burnham. Give me just a few minutes and together we'll make a difference. First things, this is my fifth show. Now that might not seem like very many, right? It's only five, but I want to explain that there is a lot that has to happen before you can even have one show. All the back end, the building of the website, the the software for recording, the editing, the distribution. So for me, this is my first mile marker and I set goals for myself. I said, I'm going to celebrate the fifth show, the 25th show, the 50th show, and then the 100th show. Because if I can get to 100 shows, then I will have been doing this for um, more than a year, and I will probably have had some success, and I will be getting some returns on this investment. It's a lot of time that goes into making the show. So I am very happy to share with you my fifth show. We have been talking about resiliency, and I've used the metaphor. The resiliency is like a rubber band that we can stretch, and the more resilient we are, the more we can stretch that rubber band without breaking. And I want to move beyond resiliency and talk about how personal trauma can lead to self-growth. Now, remember, um, I want to differentiate resiliency from the trauma itself. There is a breaking point and there is a crisis point to where we will talk in another show about how to face a crisis and how to get yourself out of a a crisis. But when terms of resiliency, we have found that people who are more resilient also tend to experience more self-growth. And the elements that go into creating self-growth can also lead to more resiliency in future life. So I want to make sure that we talk about how, why it's so important or how we can use a crisis to actually benefit us in some way. Not that not that, that we ever want to face a crisis, because that's certainly not what we're talking about. But if we can make something good come out of something bad, then there is something to be gained from it. Before we get into it, I, I want to talk just very quickly about a show I saw on Showtime this week, and it was Eric Clapton's Life in 12 Bars. And most everybody is familiar with Eric Clapton's music. Um, we've heard you know, many of his songs on the radio um, and film scripts. But to learn about his life and to think, how can this guy play the blues so well? And how, could, how can he write songs that are so filled with emotion and meaning? Well, his life wasn't, wasn't easy. He was abandoned by his mother. His mother um, was pregnant very young, didn't want to have a public child. She gave up, gave him up, gave him to her mother, his grandmother, to raise him, and she went to Canada, and she returned sometime later with uh, more children that she had had, and she, she still refused to acknowledge him. So he must have experienced a sense of abandonment and probably some attachment disorders. Later in life, um, as 
successful as he was, good-looking, right, talented musician, he still found himself rejected by the one woman that he said was his soulmate. Uh, Later, um, he married again, and he said, this is my soulmate, but at the time, it was Patty Boyd, an English model and wife of George Harrison, another musician that uh, Clapton was working with. And she inspired several songs. Um, Layla, probably uh, one of his most... Uh, popular, well-known, and also wonderful tonight. And then it said that she was the muse for seven other songs by the Beatles, George Harrison, and Ronnie Wood. So she was a, a very influential muse during this time. But for Eric Clapton, it was devastating for him to love this woman that he couldn't have at the time. Um, later, after her divorce, they did get married, but that didn't last forever. And then we probably, or you probably know of the loss of his four-year-old son, Connor, when he fell out of a window the 50, on the 53rd floor of a New York City building. And of course, that was devastating to him. Um, he felt like he was turning his life around. He had been addicted to drugs and alcohol, and having the son brought perspective to him, and he had something to live for that went beyond just himself. And it was very tempting for him to return to alcohol and to drugs in order to cope, but he said that he couldn't do that, that if he could get through that without using alcohol, that he could do anything. And so he turned to music, which musicians are, are very apt to do, and he wrote Tears in Heaven, one of his most popular and beloved songs. Now, his story isn't done. He remarried. He's had children um, after this, but we've learned recently he says that he's going deaf, and he's also suffering from peripheral neuropathy in his fingers and also um, pinched nerves in his back, and it's very difficult for him to play. And what a crisis, a sense of distress that he must, he must feel to not be able to do that thing that he has loved to do most his entire life. But in this documentary, he did say that he was very happy, he was very fulfilled, and that everything was going well. So I want to use him as an illustration of how we can take a tragedy and we can turn it into something good. Now, resiliency is not the same as post-traumatic growth, which we're going to talk about today, right? Resiliency is that ability to stretch, to bend, and not break. But post-traumatic growth is what's happened after we have suffered a crisis. And it's important to say that we shouldn't like recommend that someone, hey, you're having a bad time, let's make something positive out of it, right? That sounds like it's a very good thing to say, but in, in reality, if we make that kind of suggestion too soon, it can almost be as if we are trivializing the pain and the suffering of that tragedy. There is a process of mourning, of pain, where we kind of need to experience that. We need to get through that, and then we can say, okay, I've been through this horrific challenging time. Now, what can I do to make some good of it? So it should come as a natural result as opposed to we shouldn't try to push someone or we shouldn't try to push ourselves to try to have this growth too soon. Post-traumatic growth 
is not the answer to pain and suffering, but it is or can be a beneficial byproduct that will increase our resiliency in the future. Post-traumatic growth is defined as a positive psychological change experienced as a result of struggling with a highly challenging life circumstance. And researchers have found that as a response to trauma, there are five areas that people tend to experience growth, and that is appreciation of life, how they relate to others, looking for new possibilities in life, personal strength, and then spiritual change. And they, researchers have also found that the presence of resiliency is a predictor of post-traumatic growth. So the more resilient that a person is before they experience that crisis, and remember everybody, no matter how resilient they are, they come to a breaking point. And but we know that if the person had resiliency before they experienced the crisis, then they tend to also experience post-traumatic growth. There's something about actively being able to cope with challenges and disappointments that help us to turn that crisis into something positive later. We know that accepting that there are some things that are beyond our control is a key element in helping us to move into the post-traumatic growth. It's a good predictor of if a person will be able to turn this into positive. And the ability for us to find some source of inspiration, um, and we can talk about the, the religious aspects or the spiritual aspects, and you don't have to be religious or spiritual to still look for a source of inspiration. Sometimes people turn to music, they turn to literature, they turn to movies, they turn to other people's stories, but there there is usually some kind of an avenue for a person to share what they have experienced and then to listen to other people and identify and to have empathy and sympathy for what someone else has also been through, and that is a source of um, inspiration. It's interesting that the research has also found that ex extroverts appear to be more open to reconsidering their own belief systems, and they're also more active following a trauma and reaching out and integrating, um, networking with other people. So extroverts have a natural disposition to post-traumatic growth following um, a crisis. Other research has found that people who experienced a crisis as a result and as a part of that post-traumatic growth, they tend to experience higher sensitivity to other people. So we become naturally more empathetic to what other people are going through when we have gone through something challenging ourselves. We also note that there is a growth in spirituality. These people tend to appreciate their lives more. They identify even their strengths that they have, and then they turn to new interests, some, maybe something that they've always wanted to do, but they hadn't been able to do, and so now they try to do these new things. And that's, that's the result of, um, in this particular research, they were looking at cancer patients and cancer survivors and how they were dealing with the, the trauma, the crisis that they had gone through uh, relating to uh, the treatments that they had received and how their lives had changed. So post-traumatic growth 
and emotional functioning were not necessarily related in this study. And that means we tend to think that if a, a person is tense and irritable and anxious and depressed, that those are bad things. But as a result of, they found, especially these cancer patients, that being tense, being irritable, being anxious and depressed was actually a result of the illness and the treatment itself and did not necessarily mean that if you are these things, that you will not experience post-traumatic growth. And I think that's just a, a wonderful bit of optimistic news for us, for us to think that, yes, when I go through a crisis, yes, I'm going to be emotional. Yes, I'm going to be irritable. I might say things, do things. I might be a way that other people don't like, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to last forever, and I'm not going to be able to turn it into something positive in the end. They found that negative coping or denial, self-blame, and behavioral like disengagement strategies, these were not associated with positive changes. So the more that we were hard on ourselves and we blamed ourselves, that actually led us to not experiencing as much post-traumatic growth. So there is a part of going through a crisis that is absolutely normal. Yes, it feels horrible. It feels rotten. And we can be emotional, we can be irritable, we can be anxious, but we don't want to be too hard and blame ourselves and, and experience denial or do behavior that keeps us from recovering and moving past. Now, looking back at Eric Clapton, it's, it's easy for us to see what he experienced because he gives us his trauma. He gives us his music. And we see that with artists, um, whether it's on the canvas or whether it's in um, literature. The more that the artist has suffered, the greater their art tends to be. And that doesn't necessarily make it easier for them to cope, but it's so easy for us to see when there is some kind of positive outcome. And so for Eric Clapton, nobody wants to go through what he went through. And he certainly will tell you that he has made very many mistakes. But there is some beauty in the fact that he has found a place in his life where he is happy. He has made some amazing music as a way to cope with these different situations that he found himself in, whether it was his own fault or whether it was the result of drugs or, or what someone else has done for him. But I certainly appreciate his candidness and his willingness to open up his life and his ability to share with us the tragedy that he experienced. And we might not have the same outlet. We might not be able to sit down and write music or write a book. But I guarantee you, if we look, there will be some way that you will be able to also turn your tragedy into something positive. I can tell you from my own personal life that this podcast is one of the ways that I have coped and I have dealt with the chronic pain that I suffer from on a daily basis. And there was a time when things were very difficult and I fought through that. I went through the coping stages and I... I hope that I am able to give back now and th the product that I am creating will be beneficial to you as much as it is a benefit to me. Now, remember, if you like the show, 
please take a look at the website and look at the contribution page. You will be able to support the program and help me to build and um, continue to give you this very important information that I think that we need, especially in these very hard times that we are facing. I am Dr. JC Burnham. This is the Out of the Deep End podcast. Have a blessed day.